Of course I love it, and that's because I'm Gersh Kunzman of the New York Daily News, along with my handsome friend here, Vince DiMaselli, the editor of the Brooklyn Paper, for another episode of Brooklyn Paper Radio, live and on tape and on podcast from the Brooklyn Paper building in downtown Brooklyn, which you all know is America's downtown. Vince, it's Gersh, big fan, yeah, big show. I hope so. We are going to do a couple of things this week. We're going to obviously wish Brooklyn Paper veteran award-winning reporter Stephen Rex Brown, happy birthday. It is his birthday today. So we're going to call out to him. We are going to call out to Walter Blankenship, who yep. runs Kensington Stables, which is in, I guess you would call it, the Greater Park Slope area. Greater Park Slope area. And it's under pressure by development. And we may lose Kensington Stables, so we're going to call out to Walter for an update. We're going to do the first in a series of live edits. We're going to take a Carolyn Spivak story. And you know Spivak. She's been She's on the great. show. She's great. great they call her the next Wayne Barrett. She's the next Wayne Barrett, but... What's it going to be like if we edit her on air? It's going to be embarrassing. Well, I don't know if it's going to be embarrassing, but we're, we're going to show how we do it. Yeah, we're going to show how the magic is done. And then yeah. how we're the sausage reach, gets made, girl. We're going to reach out to Brooklyn author David Shank, author of The uh, Genius in All of Us. Oh, among, a surprise guest. I wasn't aware that uh, Shank was being called. Yeah, we're going to call Shank because he wants to drive out to Montclair after the show and pick up a barbecue. So we're going to talk all Wait about that. Wait a second. But I would be remiss. I have I'd, not been invited to that. I would be remiss if I didn't start the show the way I always do. I lean over to my handsome friend, Vince DiMaselli. Yep. I say, you're a handsome man. Yep. I understand you made a nice dinner last night. I did, I did. I made a, a tortellini uh, with, the, with the cream sauce. What it were the circumstances of that? The circumstances were I got home from work. You got home from work? I got home from work. It was like 7 o'clock, and my kid was doing his homework, and my wife fell asleep. Really? So you no, it was a rough week. Oh, you worked all week, and then you made a great dinner. Yeah, so I made the dinner while my wife was sleeping, literally at the uh, at the dining room table. I mean, there were saints among us. Johnny, our producer, is here. There were saints among us. Saints, uh, I don't know, St. Augustine was a great one. St. Gabriel. St. Claus. But I would say St. Vincent right here, right to my right, cooks the meal after working a full day at the office. Great Vinny, man. Vinny the Saint, they Vinny call him. Vinny the Saint, they used to call him. Yeah. Anyway, I would also be remiss, Vince, if I didn't point out that we are also sponsored by Atlas Meat Market. Atlas Meat Market. Atlas Steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse. Joseph Lichter, and of course, Village Caremax, because I'm not getting any younger. Joseph Lichter, DDS. I wanted to tell you a little story about my life, Vince. Let me hear it. My son, Ben, who's all of nine. Ben Music. Ben Music walked all the way to school today by himself. It's like 10 blocks from my house. At wow. the age of nine. Yeah, age of nine. So nine now, full disclosure, Johnny, I was walking about a quarter of a block behind him. Nice. So it was a bit of a charade. Yeah. We call Father it a charade. Yeah. But my girlfriend raised a very important point. And what would that She's be? She's a big cycling person. You heard her about her last week. She's a great person. But she said, you know, it's funny you even have to teach a kid how to walk to school. You'd think they'd know. They do it every day. No, that's not her point. Her point is, wh why Why do we have to teach kids, oh, look out for cars? This is a city. They're, first of all, frankly, an urban area like this should be safe for pedestrians. That should be rule number one. We talked about it on last week's show. Rule number one. Correct. Pedestrians must feel and be safe in this city. Yet here I am, like a mother hawk, mother hen, mm. not a mother hawk, mother Mother's hawk, mother hawk would mother, eat some. Mother something. Mo I, here I am, like an old mother. Walking behind my son and watching him as he gets to the corners and watching him, he's looking the wrong way. Oh, boy. He's look <laughs> One-way street going left, he's looking left for some reason. No, that's not where the traffic is coming from. Wait, but did you make it clear to him about the difference between one-way streets and two-way streets? I will talk to him. Aren't you supposed to look both ways anyway? You're supposed to look both ways. Even on a one-way street. You're supposed to look both so ways. So he only looked the wrong way. He looked the wrong way. But, but my, and then but, he crossed? 
But yes, but my wonderful girlfriend's point was maybe he shouldn't even have to be looking at all. Cars should be looking no, out no. for a little I guy. Cars should be looking out for little Ben, little Ben Music. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, they should be looking out, but he's still got to look both ways. I mean, he's got to look look both ways before you cross the street. Use your eyes and your near, nose and your ears. Uh, and then you'll so won't, you Your won't nose. go bleed. No, what is it? What's the? How's that song? I don't remember Look that Look both ways before you cross the street. Use your eyes and your ears, and then you'll get to eat. give a hoot. Don't pollute. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I can't remember that. Anyway, we got to get out. They're getting old. Stephen Rex Brown. Is that who we call him? Was first? one of the great reporters in Brooklyn paper history. He was Johnny. You don't know him, but he broke. The scandal when the f- jackbooted thugs of the USDA, and this was under the Obama administration, so this is not an anti-Trump thing, when the Obama administration's jackbooted thugs came to Prospect Park under cover of darkness. Under the cover of darkness. Nothing good except in my bedroom happens under cover of darkness. Uh-huh. And killed every goose, oh, every Canada goose their in goose, the park. Their goose was cooked. So we're going to reach out to him because he broke that story. How do I do this? I just dial? Just you dial nine first. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. No, you don't have to pick up the phone. Well, I just did. You guys are like a bunch of retards. Can I do it again? All right, speaker. Ah, nine. nine. One. Yeah, now, don't steal this number. number yeah. Don't steal this number, Just everybody. dial the number. It's, it's a 917 number. Okay, let's call him. All right. Let's see if this works. Of course it's going to work. Great, Johnny. If we get his we have like a 10-point checklist that we got to do before we take off the sh- you know, do the show. It's like a, you know, it's like, like a flight check. Ten if we get his, if we get his machine, we're just going to sing the happy birthday. Oh, that's It's fine. his birthday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why he, he's refusing to come on the show. Well, he's working. He works for the Daily News now. He's a very important court reporter. He's doing courts? No, he's, a court, he's a court reporter. He's due in court? He's a court reporter, meaning he's a stenographer. Even leave a Here we go. we got to Oh, there it is. Ready? Mm. At the tone, please <clears> record <throat> your message. Uh, when you finish uh, recording, you may hang uh, up or Stephen Brown, this is Gersh Cusman and Vince DiMaselli live on Brooklyn Paper Radio. And we understand you're having a birthday. And we're going to sing you a special song. What's so proud? Wait. Uh Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Stephen Rex Brown. Happy birthday to you. There he is. Fantastic. Hang up on him. It's good. Anyway, I had a I have a present for Stephen Brown, but he was supposed to be on the show, and I was going to give him the present on air and say, Stephen Brown, here's a bottle of twelve-year-old Glenlivet for you. Mm -hmm. But I think we're just going to drink it after the show. I think we should. Okay, so we got to get out. I got to call one other guy. Who are we calling? We're calling David Shank, author of The Genius in All of Us and The Forgetting, which is an Alzheimer's book. He also wrote The Dictionary for Deadheads, one of his first books, still in print. So I'm going to reach out to him right now. Shank wasn't the guy who lived in Dumbo, right? No, no, Shank did not live in Dumbo. Okay, good. At the Dumbo Museum. Don't get his number. It's a 718 number. Yeah, this one's 718. See if this works. It's confusing with us. You always have to dial 9 first. That's not confusing. So David Chang is the author well, of... Well, when you're trying to steal the number, it's confusing. He's the author of, like, nine books at this point. Good. Really? Hi, it's David. Sorry I missed your call. What is uh, going on today? What are we going to sing, David? See you soon. National Anthem. Okay. At the tone, please record your message. Should we sing God Bless when America? No, I hate that song. I know. Or press 1 for more options. Ready? 
All right, before we start singing, I just want our listeners to know we're on the phone with David Shank. Shank is a great author. He's an author of at least nine books of nonfiction, including The Forgetting and The Genius in All of Us, which are big books. Big. And we were calling him because he wants to drive to Montclair, New Jersey today to pick up a barbecue for his um, his uh, country house in Massachusetts. And <laughs> I'm joining him. I'm joining him because, A, I benefit from the country house, and, B, you know, I work for the failing Daily News, so it doesn't matter. So we decided since we got his machine, we would reach out and sing our, our national anthem. Here we go. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air the cave proved through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the Hang up on him. No, but before Happy you hang birthday. up on him, uh, yeah. we are going to not try his to birthday. Reach, we'll try to reach out to him at the end of the show. Great. Thank you. Hang up. Hang up. So Vince, you know, in addition to all these birthday calls and all these planning calls, I wanted to, you know, we're going to do a live edit, but I mm. wanted to raise a story about uh, or an issue about this story. I don't know if you guys saw Time Out New York. Believe it or not, Time Out New York. Yes. Had a story. A story. Yeah, Time Out New York. Well, it was just listings. I sent it to you. Right. The population of Brooklyn is going down. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Johnny, no, this had the is exact this is reaction. actually a huge story so because, as you know, Gersh, yeah. or maybe you don't, the Brooklyn paper was the first to report that Brooklyn was about to pass Chicago and become the third largest city in America. Meaning, New York as a whole, Los Angeles as a whole, and then Brooklyn. Brooklyn, exactly. Really. Would have been three million people, but more, so than, more than three million people. Apparently, according to the Empire Center for Public Policy, 170,000 people moved out of Brooklyn between 2010 and 2016 as residents migrated to the suburbs or cheaper parts of the city. Yeah, now, hold on. You know what the reason is? Well, go ahead. Gersh Kuntzman. Okay. Even with the re- this, I'm reading from Time Out. Even with the recent exodus from the borough, Brooklyn's population is still growing. It jumped by more than tw- one. Sorry. It jumped. I know there's some flaw in the report. It jumped by more than 124,000 in the past seven years, the largest increase of any county. But the problem is, while it increased 124,000, 170,000 people moved out. So what they're saying is, Brooklyn is becoming more family friendly. So apartments are getting more crowded, and there's more people living in each apartment, even as other people are moving out. The report suggests that Brooklynites of yore are leaving and a whole new generation is here to replace them. So mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, that's a wash because I don't need these old Brooklynites if they're going to move to the suburbs or other parts of the city. 
let's let's replace them with new Brooklynites, like young kids being born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn bred, if you will. Yes. So Brooklyn, you you seem Brooklyn to have a problem bread. with this story. Well, no, it seems to me now that it's not true. Like I I was under the impression that the population was going down, but now you're telling me no, it actually went up, but people are leaving. But no, isn't that just jumped, a natural? It jumped by 124,000 in the past seven years. At the same time as 170,000 moved out. So it we lost with the net losses. I mean, I don't do math, but it's like fifty six thousand. Wait, so there, like there was a loss. There was a loss. Yeah. Uh, an overall, yeah, overall loss. Loss. But bottom line, at the end of the day, there was a loss. There was a loss. There were less people living in Brooklyn. Fewer people living in Brooklyn. Fewer people living in Brooklyn than before. Oh, let's get that phone call. Can I wonder if that's that David Shank. Hello, this is Gersh Kunzman and Vince DiMasselli at Brooklyn Paper Radio. You are on the air live. Who is this? It's David Shank. Oh, David Shank, we introduced you earlier as the author of at least nine books of nonfiction, including The Dictionary for Deadheads, The Forgetting, and, of course, The Genius in All of Us. How are you, sir? I'm well. Let's tell people the formal title of the Deadhead book is Skeleton Key. Ah, I don't get it. Skeleton Key. Dictionary for Deadheads is actually the subtitle. Okay, so if you want to order that on Amazon, it's still in print, am I right, sir? Not only is it in print, we brought it out in a new electronic edition recently. I'm just so glad Shank comes on here to just pitch his books. No, no, he's making a good point, though, about electronic editions of books, because as you know, I have a book coming out next week, which will be available online. No kidding. Yeah. So, David Shank, Brooklyn author, you've lived in Brooklyn most of your life. <laughs> That's not true, but I have been here for 20 years. So it's almost most of your life, certainly most of your adult life. I'm such an old man that 20 years is but a but a, a mere fraction now. Blink of an eye. Now, we were telling our, our listeners earlier that you're a good man, and you're looking for a co-pilot to get you to Montclair, New Jersey this afternoon. Just tell wow, me what... we're really going to talk about this, Yeah, huh? tell me what the plan is, because a lot of Brooklynites are like, ooh, I, I'm, I'm curious about Montclair. Yeah, Montclair. How huh? do you get there? Do you go through Staten Island? Are you taking one of the tunnels? Well, you, how you actually get to Montclair is you never know it turns out, until you're there. I Explain because that, sir. Yes, you, that, that's you, confusing. You start going down a certain route, and let's say you have a map or some sort of Google you know, device to recommend certain routes. Uh -huh. But then it always gets thrown off. Mm, because really? the information ends up being outdated because they're always you know, closing down some road or something. And then you're always missing a turn also. Hmm. I heard there was a yellow brick road that actually takes you straight to Montclair. Why don't you just follow that? Many Brooklynites believe there's a yellow brick road out to that suburban paradise. What do you think about that, Mr. Shank? It's, it's true that it is somewhat intuitive uh, to park slopers. You could kind of close your eyes and just, you know, go for a similar smell. But, um, but to everyone else, it's a, it's a crazy mixed up world out there in the in the roads of New Jersey. I don't I I honestly don't know how we're going to get there. Well, I think the misconception is the Yellow Brick Road is actually leading to Brooklyn. It just happens to go through Montclair. Exactly. Uh, so ah. Mr. Shank, are you, would you ever consider moving to Montclair, the suburbs? Sorry, could you repeat the question? Uh, I I will because it's that important. Would you ever consider moving to the suburbs? <laughs> I've got I've got a plane overhead. Say it one more time, Gersh. I uh, just just would, would you ever move to the suburbs? <laughs> oh, oh, goodness, no. Oh, goodness, no, okay. Goodness. All right, so we're going to Montclair to get a barbecue grill and a smoker? The thing is that sometimes being a, a cheapskate, 
a real super cheapskate uh, pays off. Is this is this a Craigslist scam? And you need <laughs> Gersh to go with you because you're afraid you're going to get attacked in Montclair? It's so much better than that. I have needed a grill for for reasons we won't get into. I have needed a, a good grill for a while, at least twenty years. And I and I and I even went shopping for one a couple times, and I poked around online, and I've had lots of conversations with my grill friends. About not girlfriends, grill friends. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. Your girlfriends, yes. And and I know exactly what I need, all that, but I just couldn't get myself to pull the trigger on that on that money, you know that that's that expenditure. And what happens? Lo and behold, a very close friend tells me a month ago that he's leaving his house. And he needs to get rid of most of his stuff. So he got kicked out of his house. No, 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 no. He's de- he's he's in London. He's selling his house. Hmm. He won't actually own a house for a couple years. When he comes back, it'll be a smaller house. All right. So are you paying for this grill or not? He's just giving it to you. I've tried to pay him, but I'm not sure money's going to actually change hands. All right, what what was your budget when you were talking about buying a barbecue grill for your country estate? What was your budget? Well, that's just it. My budget was zero. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to hard to hard to find a grill at that price. I wanted to spend zero, and I kept looking at these gorgeous grills for say, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred. You know, like the real, the big Webers. Yeah, that's outside your budget. Yeah, it was it was larger than zero. <laughs> Every one I looked at was larger than zero. All right. Well, we got to get out. Let's make a final plan. I'm going to be off the radio with Vince in about a half an hour. I'm going to bike over the bridge to give Stephen Rex Brown his birthday present. We've already sung him happy birthday, and then I want you to pick me up. All right, well, so give me a time to pick you up in a place. You're going to text me? I'm going to text you. And then I'm going to text but, but Vinny to put it on the show. So I can know, I can plan. 11.20. 11.20. And do I, do I get to talk to Vince? Yeah, or sure, Vince I, is right here. I, yes. <laughs> I'm here. That was so satisfying right there. No, Vince is Think the of, one who was asking all the tough questions. I know there was a plane flying overhead, but that was me. <laughs> all right, we got to get out. Right, David let's Schenk. Let's do this again with Vince doing most of the questions. Actually, Vince did ask most of the I questions. I asked the Yellow Brick Road question. Do we sound too okay. much alike? To me, you were all gersh because I, the reception's so bad. All but. right, David Schenk, we'll be texting you later, but get right, in motion. David Schenk, right. clearly, clearly in, in need of a landline. What was that all about? Guys, I'll tell you all about that. We're going to Montclair, obviously, but... The thing is, he's raised an important point. Do we sound too much alike? I don't know. Johnny? Johnny? Uh, <laughs> when you say the same word at the yeah. same time, maybe. All right, Johnny, <laughs> we got to do a new Just feature. Can you, can you give me... Oh, wait, you know, it's time to pay some bills. Let's pay some bills. Let's, Let's pay, pay some, some bills. bills. I wish I had done this when I had Shank on the phone. He would have liked it. Because I would have said, David Shank, when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? And his answer would have been, oh, I go, I got, I go to Lichter. Because he's the guy who turned me on to Dr. Joseph Lichter wow. in Midwood. Lichter has a state-of-the-art office with unbelievable hygienists, and they, their prices are so low, he's practically giving you new teeth away. Zoom whitening, less than $400. Invisalign, the adult braces, less than $4,000. Those kind of prices are a third to a half of what you're going to pay at some fancy Brooklyn Heights dentist. So call Dr. Joseph Lichter today at 718-339-7878. Or just visit him, 1420 Avenue P in Midwood, or go to josephlichterdds.com. Yeah, you got to do that. Listen, Atlas Steakhouse offers a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged 
to 10 to perfection on site. You can pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list or with one of Atlas Steakhouse's signature cocktails. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. When your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them online all the time at atlassteak.com. Look, you're going to want to eat steak the rest of your life, but you can't eat steak, the kind of Atlas Steakhouse steak, if you're in some nursing home somewhere. Am I right, Johnny? That's right. I mean, they give you that chopped beef, and, or they give you that Swiss steak. You ever have Swiss steak? It's really like a bad steak, just like chopped up. So you don't... Why am I even saying this? I'll tell you why. Village Care Max is a Medicaid-managed, long-term health plan that works with your Medicaid or your Medicare. Mm-hmm. So it's free. And yep. they work with a team of healthcare professionals that kind of, what do they, collaborate. It's like a theatrical term. You collaborate it's to keep you in your home as long as possible. Collaborating with your doctor, with your landlord, with everybody. So all you got to do is get more information about Village Care Max by calling one 800 469-6292 or visiting the website villagecaremax.org and here comes the slogan Village Care Max live the life eat the steak you want to live and eat hey, whether you're grilling roasting baking or slicing you can't go yeah, wrong hold on a second baking? baking or so it says baking Ro- roasting it's the copy that oh, they're like giving baked me chicken. baked chicken you can bake a chicken sure listen anytime you shut the grill Gersh you're baking that's true it is once you shut the grill you're grilling when it's open you close that grill, you're baking. That's right. It's, no you're really steaming. It. You're really steaming. No, you're baking. Steaming, you got to have like some sort of water source. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess, I you're not you're, steaming, you're baking. You're really slow cooking. No, you're slow <laughs> cooking with low heat for an extended period of time. You could do all these things with the meat you get at Atlas Meat Market in Brooklyn. So when you stop in today, you'll love browsing their selection of terrific meats. And you'll be happy to know that there is amazing parking options in the area. In case you want to drive out to Atlas Meat Market, you're afraid, you're not going to get a spot, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. All right? So stop buying at the big box stores and splurge a little with the best quality in meats at Atlas Meat Market. It's the butcher in Brooklyn that ensures high-class cooking. Again, even if you want to bake that steak. Atlas Meat Market, 4311 18th Avenue in Gravesend. They were open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You can give them a call at 718-965-6230. That's 718-965-6230. Operators are standing by. By the way, did you say it was halal? There's no pork? It is halal at Atlas Meat. Okay. So, Johnny, we're going to start a new feature. New feature of Brooklyn Paper Radio. Now, look, and you're going to keep that running. because it's called It's called Live Edit. Live edit. This is my idea. We'll do it live. It's my idea. We'll do it live. It was my idea. Okay, so Carolyn Spivak is a great reporter. Some would call her the next uh, Walter Winchell. Okay. I don't know about Winchell, but definitely the next Wayne Barrett. All right, let's let's can the sound effect for a second. So Spivak handed in this story last night. I just want Vince to read the first two graphs, and then we'll talk about it, and we'll figure out Now, just so you know, this is an unedited story. And unedited. It has, it has not been edited, and this is not the official story 
that will then be run on BrooklynPaper.com. And also another but, disclaimer, another disclaimer. We don't we don't do this to embarrass anybody. I've been edited. Johnny's been edited. Vince, we've all been, been edited. We've all been edited. You know it's what, part of the process. You know you know what writing is, Gersh? Writing is rewriting. That's what it is. That's what it is, and that's what it ha- always. Except for will me, because I'm one take cunsman. They there do call know. him one take cunsman. Okay, go ahead. True. All right, ready? We're gonna read. The, we're gonna read the beginning. We're gonna see how it goes. We don't even know what the story's about. We don't even know. We don't know. So we're gonna we're gonna go with it. You ready? This is going to be an uphill battle. All right, stop right there. Stop okay. right there. So if the story is about some mode of transportation that goes uphill or a, 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 a big mound of dirt that some community group wants to move and another community group, then I like the lead. Yeah, or if it's something to do with an area that's up high. Or maybe a fight, like maybe it's a, it's a revolutionary war monument thing. Yeah. Right? Okay, let's see where she goes. Or so we're going up a hill somewhere. There's this a, is going to be an hill. uphill battle. Okay. All right. A battle of, I'm sorry, a panel of Sunset Parkers clashed over the city's plan to connect the nave with downtown, some calling it rolling gentrification, while others hailed it for giving transportation-starved southern Brooklyn more options, leaving locals grinding gears over whether the path mm. is right for the nave. All so right. so uh, the grinding gears makes me think it's either a motorcycle or a, or a cycling story. But no, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's cycling. Like, when I hear grinding gears, I think this is like some kind of... Some other form of transportation that's like automated. But it says it says the city's plan to connect the nave with downtown. I mean, that that suggests to me some sort of new transportation method, like a trolley or something. Right. No, that's what, so. When I read this, or as I'm reading it, I think it's a trolley. But all right, keep going. It's keep not. Going. Let's see what happens next. All right. So now we'll, at the Brooklyn, at the Brooklyn paper, we do what's called a lead nut quote. So the lead is supposed to get you into the story. The nut is supposed to explain what the news is, and the quote backs that all up. Let's see if Caroline pulled that off today. Ready? Mm. Here's the quote. This is a huge deal for our community, and people are going to be passionate. And all over the map on this, said Sunset Parker Vanessa Signore at a May 11th John Dewey High School meeting where the plan was presented. I still don't know what the plan right, is. So the problem is, she, Vanessa starts her quote with, this is a huge deal. We don't know and what this she is. she says, but people are going to be all over the map on it. So they now are. I'm even more confused because obviously passions are running strong. People are passionate. She said that. But I don't know what they're passionate about. We, In other words, the reader is left without what we used to call a, a foothold. We don't have a foothold okay, here. Go. We don't have a foothold into the story. Some see this as bad for the neighborhood with gentrification and reducing parking, and others see it as a positive for getting around. I'm not sold that this is the right avenue for this, but I'm willing to try and make it work. All right. I don't, first of all, I don't know who she is. We don't know who she is. I mean, why does she get all the power to make it work? And second of all, she says her quote is, some see this as bad. I still don't know what it is. So at some point, I get, imagine she's going to tell us what it is. I would hope so. I'm guessing bike lane, just c- knowing what I know about the mean streets. Well, I'm guessing bike lane because the slug on the story is 4th Avenue bike lane update. Oh, well, there you go. You knew something. All right, go. Well, no, I just realized that. Okay, go, here we keep go. Keep going. Uh, the proposed path would run down, would mm-hmm. run between downtown up to the edge of Bay Ridge from Dean to 65th Street. Uh, get, I'll be honest with you, I still don't know what the story is We don't about. know. This is a path. I don't know what kind of path it is. Fourth Avenue would feature a cycling path on each side of the thoroughfare from Borum Hill. So I don't know, oh, but, a, but I don't know if this is a different path that she's talking about. I think about. it's the same it's, thing. So basically you're talking about a bike lane on Fourth Avenue on both the north and southbound lanes. Okay. Through Gowanus, Park Slope, and Sunset Park, just short of Bay Ridge. So it's not going to go into Bay Ridge, but it'll get to Bay Ridge. Well, different community board in Bay Ridge, so yeah. probably mm-hmm. one of the only deal with community board six and community board. All right, seven now is. here now it becomes clear because now the next sentence says cyclists, which are bicyclists, that's all they are, would be separated from traffic with a buffer of cars, except for an eleven block stretch 
from Carroll to Dean Streets on the downtown side, where the lane drops to a mere painted line between bikers and cars because the streets are too narrow to take space from drivers, according to the Department of Transportation rep. Okay, obviously I would question that because uh, there's enough room for everybody if you eliminate the needs of drivers. Yeah, it seems like they're saying 4th Avenue shrinks at that point. I'm not well, sure. It does. It does shrink. Okay, well, well, maybe then it is physically possible that, that is the case, but let's see. Let's see. Yet overall, the lane offers two-wheelers a safe commute to downtown and will encourage those hesitant to put sneaker to pedal on the roadway, said another local. Quote, it's really going to get going to dramatically improve the safety of the avenue, said Joseph Carroll of Community Board 7's Transportation Committee, who has been struck twice while biking on Fifth Avenue. All right, so oh. this is a man who's been hit by a car while biking on, on Fifth Avenue. Po- point of information, Fifth Avenue has what they call sharrows, which I have in a previous show called the Chevrons, Chevrons of Death. Of death yeah. Chevrons of Death. Yes. I think a lot of people in this community who wouldn't normally bike will. It's democratizing to the community, especially since we're having more and more days where the trains shut down, which I believe is two words, but uh, this way you can just hop on a bike. Uh, He's making a decent point, but um, I'd like to know some statistics about train service. Okay, but others slam the plan as rolling it. Yeah, because this is that's uh, one of the rules we have at the paper is you don't introduce information into a story uh, through a quote. And then you don't allow the quote to be the only information in the story, because he could be totally wrong about that. For all we know, and I, uh, anecdotally, I, I, I know he's right, but, but factually, you can't govern by anecdote, as Paul Steely White said in an earlier show. Factually, that, yes. for all we know, our train service is better than ever. Who, for, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'd have to actually do we this. We do, do rules this study. or commandments. What, for my, uh, for, for my right? Yeah. The rules. Rules. The okay. rules. Not I don't commandments. know commandments. They're rules. Okay. I mean, you call it what you like. Are those synonyms? Uh, translating nearly with cyclists. Others still were concerned. With the plan, with the plan dumping on drivers, the reconfigured. No, no, hold on, you didn't read the bit about the downtown yuppies. No, I missed that. Where's but that? Others. Oh, but others slammed the plan as rolling out the he typo. There's a typo there. Welcome wagon for downtown yuppies. And another rule I have is always run spell check, which clearly was not followed hold in on. this case. Others slammed the plan as rolling out the welcome wagon for downtown yuppies. Downtown yuppies. <clears throat> Cyclists are thought of as rolling gentrification throughout our community, charged Sunset Parker. Elizabeth Yampierre. Oh, Yampierre is talking Yampierre, about gentrification? The head of local activist group Uprose. That's past tense. And when they show up, whether it's in Red Hook or Bushwick, it's the end of our time. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's All the right. end of our time. It's the end, end of so, days. So traffic calming. In other words, Fourth Avenue, which we haven't even gotten into in this story, mm-hmm. Fourth Avenue is a, is a, has a lot of traffic. A lot of fast-moving cars, danger to the community. Yep. And suddenly you do what what the transportation department calls traffic calming, and all of a sudden Elizabeth Yampierre is saying it's 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 instant gentrification. Yeah, it's rolling gentrification. I would say I would say that she and cyclists have much more shared common ground than she and drivers. Well, I think we should look to we what we look, all have. In we common. should look into that. We should look into what we all have in common and not be looking for the differences, Gersh. Well, we're journalists, so our only bias is in favor of conflict. Oh, that's right. So Jean Pierre is raising an interesting conflict, but I don't. Has your reporter is your reporter going to address that? Others still were concerned. No, we're moving on. Oh. Others still were concerned with the planned dumping on drivers. The reconfigured space will cut through three parking spots per an intersection, translating to a loss of nearly 300 spaces along the thoroughfare. And drivers feel they're getting the shaft at the benefit of bikers. Well, this is this is a lot of conflict. But are there there. are there drivers quoted? 
Let's see. Yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. I have neighbors coming to blows for parking spots now, and for somebody to say we're going to wipe 300 spots, that's too much, said Sunset Parker Tom Murphy. Okay. I love this end of the quote here. I'm against it. I'm a NIMBY. Okay, using the term for not in my backyard. But it's funny that he's defending a plan to retain parking spaces because without those parking spaces, drivers would beat each other up. They'd beat each other up. So wait, so the government policy in this city should be, oh, whoa, whoa, can't do that because if we do that, drivers are going to assault each other. With clubs. Remember the clubs, Gersh? I mean, is this... Do you remember the Stop me if I'm wrong, but first of all, is that quote going to be backed up? Is there any statistical evidence that drivers are literally beating themselves up? I don't know. Let's see. But the plan isn't devoid of consideration for drivers, and the buffer from 38th Street to Park, Prospect Park will convert into a, quote, rush hour lane, close quote, for cars from 7 to 10 a.m., after which time it will revert to a row of parked cars dividing drivers from those on bikes. All right, now this to me is news, because yeah, I had yeah. not heard this. this so what are they going to do? There's certain hours of the day. There will be hours of the day where a, a lane that's going to be for parked cars, there'll be no parking. It will then be rush hour traffic to move cars down 4th Avenue. And and the bike lane will still be there. So bike I like that idea. The only problem is, what if someone doesn't move his car? Then it's mm. just mass stereo. Well, what happens in on 4th Avenue and 3rd Avenue is people tend to double park anyway, and it just blocks up everything, so... Well, no, but They're hold on, you just, you, just, you just slough that off. The fact is, double parking is far more dangerous to traffic in terms of retarding traffic and than, also than bike, lanes. than bike lanes. That's than true. Bike. All right, Department of Transportation is still soaking up feedback from locals along the route and recently went with Park Slopers. After urban planners tweak the design, a revised version will make its way to Transportation Committee, Community Board 26. All right, so now we're just getting into the... All right, so there's some boilerplate there. So a yeah. couple of things that obviously are missing from the story. Here, Vince, go back to the top. Yeah, we need to, re- to re- ch- change the lead a little bit. Yeah. The notion that this is going to be an uphill battle is not backed up in the story. Yes, what's backed up is that there's there's strong opinions on both sides. Right. But it's unclear to me. Community Board 6 is clearly going to sign off on the, on the bike lane. We've already written about that. Community right. Board 2 as well. We had Rob Paris on the show recently. So the question is whether th- there's enough opposition on Community Board 7 to block this plan. And there's no evidence presented that there's even a formal or informal survey of the members, right? To, to uh-huh. give us, give, so we don't know it's an uphill battle. No, nothing about this says it's an uphill battle. So this, it this just is, says it's going to be a, a Pier 6 brawl. Well, it, not a Pier 6 brawl in that case, because that's in Community Board. It's uh, a Donnybrook. It's, it's some sort of bike, and we need a biking term that suggests that, um, you know, that, that, there's, that there's conflict. Well, here's the other thing that you've got to take into account. As you said, uh, Community Board 6 is for this plan. Absolutely, all right? absolutely. And we've already reported that Community Board 6 is for this plan. Not even mentioned in that story. All right, no. It is very, very deep in the bottom. But now, Sunset Park... Is coming out. I mean, it's not as easy. It's not going to go down easy in Sunset Park. There's no. We doubt don't know that. that. We don't know that. Based from this on story. this story, no. Based on this story, there is clearly conflict in Sunset Park regarding uh, if they're for or against this. And I would argue, based on what I'm reading here, more people would be against it. You don't know that because we don't know the membership of the board. We don't even know if Elizabeth Yampierre, who raised a, a good point, is even on the board. This sounds like a Brooklyn versus Brooklyn story. So you want to do it? Uh so it sounds like Brooklyn versus Brooklyn. It sounds like Parkers versus uh, bicyclists. Sure, it is. It's mean streets. This is it's a the mean battle streets. for Brooklyn byways. Vince and I invented that back when I was still at the Brooklyn paper. Yeah, back in the day. Well, we got to get out. What are you going to do with the story? What's there's your a lot. There's a lot going on here. I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to focus on the 300 parking spaces that are going to disappear. No, wouldn't do that. Why not? Because the guy's quote is not credible. He says people beat each other up for parking. He's yeah, saying people beat each other up for parking. But the parking spots are going to be a linchpin in this in this uh, 
in this story. Okay. It, nowhere in this story does it it's even talk Brooklyn about... It's Brooklyn versus Brooklyn because you have a car-driving Brooklyn that wants the streets to be as car-accessible as possible that don't believe in these traffic-calming measures, which bike lanes are. I mean, that's all they are. They're traffic-calming measures. You could call them, you know, routes of gentrification or whatever, but the reality is the city's putting them into slow-down cars. Okay, fine. But I need to know if these bike lanes are in fact engines of gentrification because there's a bunch of people mentioned that in the story and I've heard this comment before from community board 8 in in uh, community board 2 I've heard it anyway every time they want to put a bike lane in it's oh it's instant gentrification right. but I'd like to know some statistics about that is it true or is the neighborhood already gentrifying and the bike lane is a symbol of that that the department of transportation says wow there's more bikers in there now as well, opposed I don't to think, the bikers bring the I don't think the Department of Transportation is going about this thinking, oh, this is going to gentrify the neighborhood. I think they're going about it saying this is going to slow down traffic on a very deadly boulevard. That's right. And and it's funny to me that there are no statistics in this story about the deadliness of Fourth Avenue. It is a very dangerous street. Vince is right. The minute one car double parks, it's it's hysteria. Mass hysteria. We gotta get out. Carolyn Spivak, a decent job. I would give that story a B minus. B minus. Editable to an A. Easily. In oh, easy yeah, no, edit. we'll be able to turn this around. Yeah, well, but we didn't get around. to do what we wanted to do on it. We didn't come up with a lead. Well, first of all, th- this meeting was on May 11th. Why wasn't this story posted on May 12th? That's another good question. It's May 16th now. Yeah, it seems oh. like a while ago. Vince, the Brooklyn paper is really needing Gersh Kunstman back. The Brooklyn paper needs somebody because. No, no, it needs Gersh Kunstman back. We are in big trouble. If you can hear the sound of my voice, call 718. 718- Two six zero four five zero two, and demand the return of Gersh Kunstman with his fastum in Brooklyn to edit the Brooklyn paper. Yeah, we we're going a, down, Vince. We got to make another call. Should we okay, do a we commercial call, first? No, no, we're going to call out. All right. So, guys, earlier this week, can we get a little um, read the morning papers music? Oh, yeah. we're doing the morning. Yeah, morning papers. You got to be ready with these things, Johnny. All right. Can you bring up the story, Vince? I'm bringing it up right now. Wait for it. We gotta fix that. Sounds 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 terrible. So earlier this week, Colin Mixon, a young scribe, had a story about the dangers um, that gentrification and and not really gentrification, more like no. development. Development, not gentrification. Well, there is some gentrification going oh, on. Give me a break. The, the the good people of Park Slope and the Greater Park Slope area want to have uh, a, a horse stable. That's Hold not, on a that's second. Not... You you jumped down my throat. Gentrification is not a bad word. Gentrification just to me it means. Development in areas of a. I'm tradition. saying if, if all of a sudden they dumped a, a, a horse stable in Sunset Park, they'd say that's a sign of gentrification. Now we're talking about a horse stable possibly closing. How can that at all be a sign of gentrification? I'm saying the gentrification has put some pressure on the stables because rents are going up, and we're going to reach out to Walter Blankenship, who has run the Kensington stables for many years. For his mom. He manages for his mom, who owns it. Now, full disclosure Walter is an interesting character. Okay. Not sure how he's going to be on phone, but we're going to just we're going to ask him the tough questions. We told him we called so him let me reach him out to him. Ten eleven, and we have his. Don't number. Don't take his number though, this because is very. I don't want you to steal that number. Private number that Walter Blankenship has given to us. I hope he knows we're calling because we he had, does. We've he had does. some bad luck today. Everybody else, we've had bad luck. Not with Walter. Walter's a good man. I loved live edit. That was such a good feature. I, we could have did it better. <laughs> there he's on. Oh, Walter, is that you? No, no. I <laughs> Thanks, heard Johnny. Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. I don't think he's gonna answer. Kensington Stables. Hi, is that Walter Blankenship? Yes. Walter, this is Gersh Kunstman along with Vince DiMasselli live on Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm okay. How are you doing? Oh, we're always Pretty doing good. great, Walter. You know why we're calling? You you run the Kensington Stables down there in the Greater Park Slope area. 
Justin Windsor Terrace, and we're, we, we've written a story in the paper about the pressures that the stable is under. We're huge fans of the stables. Both of my kids got pony rides there. I got a pony ride there, at full disclosure. Walter, tell us what's going on down there. Oh, well, uh, things got all out of whack with uh, my father. When he was getting older, he wasn't really keeping up with finances and things. And uh, so then when my mother inherited, she hasn't been able to straighten everything out. So she owes a lot of money to the uh, her property taxes on the stable. Mm. But they were always, my parents were big supporters of the stable. The stables have not always been able to pay its bills, really. So they kind of subsidized it, really. Mm. So this so, has kind of come to a head. So how many? So when you, when it's come, when you mean, what do you mean that it's come to a head? The city is going to foreclose on you? Right, exactly. I mean, the, the city sells the liens, and then the lien holder has to get paid. So oh, boy. it was going to go to a, you know, a uh, foreclosure. So we uh, declared a bankruptcy so that we could lock that, so we could have, you know, some ability to say who was purchasing it. Wow. And we're kind of hoping that uh, someone would keep it as a stable. Now, how many horses you got living there? 32. I mean, that's 32 horses. Vince mm-hmm. Vince is an old horseman, Walter. He yep. doesn't go to the stables. He's got his own stables out on Staten Island he goes to. He loves horses. Suppose, uh-huh. suppose some guy comes in there and buys the stables and then shuts it down to build a 10- to 12-story building, as has been happening all over. What happens to those horses? I mean, well, you know, they're my horses, so that I would have to try to find a way to uh, for them to uh, get fed. Mm-hmm. That would be a big financial hardship, you know. But uh, that's more than a hardship. That's something I'm willing to try to endure, obviously, because I'm not going to let something bad happen to them. Okay. All right. So is They've this been working for me quite some time? Most of them have been working here for quite a while. But what What are the ages of the horses? Uh, the youngest is ten. The oldest is thirty. Wow, thirty-year-old horse. That's a big. That's a big. Uh, big money call. What's What's the average age of a horse living in a stable? How How long they live? Oh, they can live to be thirty something. Oh, into wow. their thirties, mid thirties. So you got a thirty. You got a senior citizen horse there. What's the yeah. Which one? Yes. What's the name of that horse? Tiramisu. Oh, Tiramisu. Oh, my, nice. my daughter has ridden Tiramisu a million times. Well, there you go. So oh. now the city is looking to purchase the property. Are they one of the uh, possible uh, new owners? Yes. Uh huh. So what's going on with that? Is that something that you're looking to do, or are you getting higher offers from other people? Are you looking to... Well, I mean, our goal has not been to try to get the highest offer, but mm-hmm. to try to get an offer that would keep it as a stable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the city's offer, I mean, has its difficulties, but it's, you know, not out of the realm of possibilities. Oh, okay, so this... We're trying to iron things out, yeah. And if the city were to buy it, they would then put out, like, an RFP, a, a request for proposal to run a stable out of the stable? It, that's correct. But they would, and then someone. Did. Now, are you someone who's looking into uh, actually uh, running the stable if the city buys it from you? Yes. Oh, look at that. I, well, Walt, nobody runs a stable better than Walter. But my concern, Walter, is if a new owner came in and the city w- or anybody was the purchaser, isn't there a lot of repair work and, and, and a lot? I mean, that stable has been there a long time. And I don't know if it's even up to current codes, is it? It would definitely be some work involved in fixing it. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's. That's that's one of the points, you know. You know what you need is like we're gonna have to have like an Amish barn raising. Like literally, let's get some Amish people in there and fix this barn. Those guys are good. Yep. Do you know any Amish people? 
John, I, I, our producer, not, I, only the one who works on some vehicles for there me. You go. Well, our producer Johnny but, knows uh, some Amish people. There's definitely connections there between New York City horse industry and the Amish country. Yeah, we got to get the Amish people up here. We Those guys are good. Yeah, All right, yeah, so we got to get out. The Wait, point I, gotta, is, I just got to ask him one thing. The question that you didn't ask her was the first question you always ask when talking about the possible sale of real estate. What is the zoning there, uh, Walter? And is is it preferable to keep a stable or can you build giant condos? The, uh, the zoning was what the neighborhood had chose it to be, which was preserving horse, horses, and that's uh, C82. So it's a commercial, it's a commercial uh, zone? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. that's what the neighborhood had wanted. Okay, but if the city wanted to push this, the city could do it. No, the neighborhood. The, yeah. you know, what, when they did the last zoning, the neighbor, that when, when a lot of the buildings here on Caton Place started getting built by right, yeah. that's when the neighborhood went over the zoning ah. you know, and had made suggestions to the city on how to maintain the zoning. They'd maintain Caton Place between mm. East 8th and Coney Island Avenue as C82 in order to preserve horse usage. So just for our listeners who don't know about C82, that basically means you can't knock down the stable and build a 20-story condo. The zoning is not there for that. Right. Well, that's good. That's, that's a, that, to me, says now I'm thinking, guy like Johnny, guy like me, guy like Vince, we put our money together, we could, we could buy that stable. Buy that stable and make it work. Well, I don't know. We, we put Walter to work. Well, of course. well, he's got to work. Keep those horses there. Let's let's talk about the tough question, which is obviously people love horses, and that should be enough. Why isn't that enough? Because <laughs> the horse business is a tough business. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, uh, <laughs> one of the big things the industry needs is uh, is uh, inherent risk legislation for the state of New York. Oh yeah. That's what does that mean? Big item. Yeah, what, what, what does that, that mean? What does that mean? That's crazy. The insurance is very difficult in the state of New York. We're one of the two states that do not have an inherent risk. It basically legally defines that, that the courts understand that horseback riding has certain inherent risks to it. Aha. Uh-huh. What about but when you go to a baseball game, you have a ticket that says you assume the inherent risk. Is that is that because of that? Yes, but it, it, it makes it much easier for insurance companies to, mm. to be able to insure the riding aspect by making it part of instead of arguing it from a contract that you signed, your art it's part of the law of the state. That makes it much easier for the for the insurance companies. Wow, let's just do a quick commercial for Eric and uh, for uh, Walter here. When you take these horses out, you go for a ride. Where are you guys going for a ride? Where you go? Prospect Park. So you just you just moseying around Prospect Park. Right. Yeah. Beautiful Prospect, Prospect Park. Park. Beautiful mm-hmm. Prospect Park. Am I right? That's right. Wow, and how many how many rides you do a day? Like, how often can you just stop by and go for a ride? Oh well, like, usually we run, uh, you know, in the summer on the longest day, that would be uh, what six time slots: ten, eleven thirty, one, two thirty, four, five thirty. And how long how long does a ride yeah. take? You hop on the horse, start to finish. How long are you going for? It's an hour. Yeah, an hour. It's an hour ride. Now, if I'm a tourist, and and I'm not Walter, I live in Brooklyn, I live a couple of blocks from your state, but if I'm a tourist, and I see this in my tour guide. I'm going to come down to your stables. Am I right? You get a lot of tourists? Yes, we definitely get tourists. Absolutely. Because I would, cause Central Park, do they even have such an such a opportunity in Central Park? I don't think they do. A horseback. It's very limited. Yeah, yeah, very limited. It's very limited Central Park. All right, so let's and look. your competition in Brooklyn is the other stable way out there on the Belt Parkway, right? Nobody's going to that. <laughs> they have a nice facility, yep, but they're out there. Yep. They're out there, yeah. And it's not, there. it's not as pleasant to... If to you want to hop on a subway, I'm, I'm your game. Yeah, let's talk a little bit <laughs> about where you are. Can I take one of your horses out to that other stable? 
Mm. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a city bike. Would, uh, it's not a city bike. Vince. <laughs> I don't think they would like that. <laughs> That's what we need. We need city bike for horses. All right, Walter, we got to get out. We want to let you plug your stable. So tell us where it is. Give us the hours. Give us the the phone, and give us the nearest subway. So and also let me recommend you take out an ad in our Brooklyn Uncovered magazine, soon to be out. Brooklyn Uncovered. That's not the why we called you. Tourist guide to Brooklyn. That's not why we called you. Kensington Walter. Table <laughs> should be in there. Go <laughs> ahead. Plug it. Plug away. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Kensington Stables is at 51 Caton Place. The phone number is 718-972-4588. And we're open every day from 10 o'clock until sunset by appointment. That's fantastic. Walter, you've done it again. I wish you the best of luck. And, and if anybody's listening to the sound of my voice, go to Kensington Stables. Get a horse ride. It's a great place, a great piece of history, a piece of Brooklyn history yeah. that we don't want to see fade away. Like, you know, Vince and I, just so you know, Walter, we saved Sonny's Bar in Red Hook with our campaign, so maybe we're going to save you guys with this latest campaign. Great. Well, there he goes. <laughs> All right, Walter Blankenship, everybody, from Kensington Stables. Johnny, we'll let him go. Thank you, Walter. Great. He's a he good man. Good. He's great. So we got to pay a couple of bills, and then we'll, we'll close up by talking, uh, talking a little bit about what we did on the show today. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Whew. You know, when you talk about horses, Johnny... Often you li- lift up their lip and you look at their teeth. You check right. the teeth. And if they got strong teeth, you know they went to Dr. Joseph Lichter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he's a high-quality dentist. For I don't know if he does horses, but if he did, he would bring his state-of-the-art dentistry and techniques to the stables. <laughs> and you'd say, Dr. Joseph Lichter, what are you doing here? And you'd say, I'm a great dentist. So I'm going to be here. I'm here for my animal friends and everything. The reason I even bring this up is because his prices are incredible. So low that a horse could afford it. Invisalign, Zoom whitening. You know, he's also the dentist for the New York Riveters hockey team. And that's no joke. That's serious. So you want good dentistry at a very low price, you call Dr. Joseph Lichter at 718-339-7878. Or you email him. Well, you don't email him because I don't know his email address. You go to his website at josephlichterdds.com. Dot com. You know what cowboys do, Gersh? What do they do? They round up cows. <laughs> they do. On horses. Really? Yeah. So when you think of Atlas Steakhouse, you're not going to think of horses because you're getting horse meat. You're not getting horse no, meat. No, no, no. You're not getting horse meat. You're getting, you're going to dine a cut above the rest. You can select your premium cut, and that is cow, and it is aged on site for optimal texture and taste. You're going to enjoy a delicious vintage wine, expertly mixed cocktails, signature appetizers, while their chefs craft your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece. Listen, complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert, each one of them sweeter than the last. And you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, you always dine a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them online at atlassteak.com. You know, you want to eat a steak, you want to ride a horse, you want to do all those things. You can't do it if you're in a nursing home, Johnny. So I told my kids, either you kill me or call Village Care Max. Those are your only options. Nursing home or Village Care Max. You go, you go Village Care Max. Why? Because it's a Medicaid-managed long-term plan. It's going to keep me in my house as long as possible. You don't need me talking about it. Just go to the website, villagecaremax.org, or call Village Care Max at 800-469-6292. Village Care Max, live the life you want to live. You got to do it. Yep. We got one more, right? I think so. What do you think, John? Meat Market. Oh, Atlas Meat Market. Pudding meat, steak, chicken, shticken, all of it on the plates of Brooklynites 
practically for a generation. They're not just the, Brooklynites, not just Brooklynites, because they'll they'll send it anywhere. They will send it any yeah. w- anywhere in the world. Atlas Meat Market offers your finest cuts of again steak, chicken, veal. No pork. It is halal. It is halal. And they're over there in uh, Gravesend, Brooklyn, at 387 Avenue X. You could visit them online at atlasmeatmarket-hub.com. And you can give them a call right now at 347-915-2000. Why? Because if you're hungry, you want steak for dinner tonight, they'll deliver it right to your door. Or you can order in advance, pick it up at the store. Again, 387 Avenue X. That's in Gravesend, Brooklyn. You can take the F train if you want. You could drive. There's plenty of parking. Atlas Meat Market. Making Brooklyn meat great again. That's right. They are. That was not a political endorsement, but we know that their meat is great. All right, we got to get out. I'm all in on Trump. Vince, I got to tell you, doing a show with you, every just so the listeners know, every week, I because I don't work at the Brooklyn paper, every week I start the show by saying to Vince, Vince, it's my last show. It's my last show because I, I can't do it anymore. No, you love it. And I love it because it allows me to express the essentialness of Gersh Constant, which is I'm a booster for Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. You do. So we talked to Walter Blankenship today. I'll tell about- you, that Blankenship, that was very interesting because... You know he could uh, he could work things out. He could he can work things out and uh, and save the stables. But I think the zoning's in his favor. The one thing I didn't realize, Vince, is that this is a problem of his own making. His parents didn't pay the property tax. It's not that's not his own making because the sins of the father are not the sins of the son, Gersh. Well, I learned that in some uh, Scorsese movie. Anyway, yeah. we talked to Walter Blankenship of Kensington Stables. We sang happy birthday to Stephen Rex Brown, a great Brooklyn paper reporter from the past. We talked by phone to Brooklyn author. David Shank, author of The Forgetting and The Genius in All of Us. I and, forgot about that. And then we did a live edit of Carolyn Spivak's story, which you're going to be seeing on the Brooklyn Paper website in a couple hours. Hopefully. Uh, well, the way Vince said it, it's maybe by tomorrow. Anyway, so for Vince DiMaselli, a handsome man on my right, for Johnny, our producer, I'm Gersh Kunstman, of course, of the failing Daily News, the New York Daily News' greatest newspaper in the city. New York's hometown paper, Gersh. Play us out, Johnny. Play us out. And we'll see you next week. And then we'll do it live. <laughs>